first one we're going to cover is basically what came out yesterday. So we're recording this on the 7th of September. It'll come out tomorrow. And on the 6th of September, yesterday, the Tuesday, uh, the RBA have raised rates another 0.5 basis points. Yep. So now it's sitting at 2.35%. Yes. Having been at 0.1% in May. In April, yeah, just before the May meeting. Yeah. yeah. So four months later, 2.25%. Yeah. So um, I guess just... To, to people listening that don't have to to people that have a home loan what could this mean and maybe then to people that are renting what sort of like economic effects might this all have yeah so basically if you've got a home loan <clears throat> if you're on a fixed rate loan no change your rates fixed but you need to be thinking that when I come off that fixed rate whenever that may be my repayments are going to be going up <clears throat> and they could be going up <coughs> excuse me quite substantially so you need to be building buffers you need to be getting ahead of your repayments you need to be watching your expenditure um, yeah because yeah you're going to get a letter from your bank and you might be yeah we've had one client get a letter from their bank um, they're on 2.09 percent and the bank said you're now on 5.42 extra interest of 18 grand a year so 360 a year in interest per week extra. So that's what you need to be thinking. Um, for people who are with a mortgage on a variable rate and variable rates are still a lot cheaper, your repayments are going up. Um, for me, I was, it's not surprising that the RBA is doing this. Um, we went from having um, you know, a cash rate of around two to 3% and then during the pandemic, they dropped it quite a lot. Um, for me, I know retail expenditures up and like car, you know, people buying cars and all that sort of yeah. stuff, but it's not, it's no secret that a lot of people have savings. A lot of people save during the pandemic, um, put money in offset. My view is they're set, they're spending that money and eventually that money's going to run out. And when that money runs out, the economy's going to tank. My, that's my personal opinion. And we're going to have a recession. And... I think the RBA is not... The, a lot of the people who whose rates went up in July have still not seen the impact in their mortgage repayments. Now, they're going to see the impact in September and then they're going to see the August um, increase in October and then they're going to see the September increase in November and then I think um, the shit's going to hit the fan. So I think there's a lot of hurt coming um, I think personally some of the people making these decisions would be better off spending more time with real people rather than hanging around economists. But that's just my personal opinion. But if, you're, if you've got a mortgage, your repayments are going up. If you're renting and your rent hasn't gone up, your rent will be going up. Because mm. if you're a landlord with a half a million dollar mortgage on a property you're having rented, your interest has gone up around 10 grand this year which is about 200 a week and you're not going to cop that you're going to put the rent up so i think um yeah we're in for a lot of hurt so the second one i had for you which i thought would be interesting um obviously with what's going on with inflation so the cost of your money's going down over the last couple of years mm -hmm. um the cost of living is going up Petrol's expensive, more expensive than it was last year. Groceries are more expensive. Fuel and rent, all of that stuff is going up. Yep. And if you're on a, a mortgage, 
with a variable rate, like you said, your your interest repayments are going to go up substantially yeah. in the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. So something we've talked about before is like maybe doing what's called like a financial health check yeah. and reviewing your financial position ahead of time so you know what you're up against in the future months or years. Yeah. Um, so I thought we'd sort of go through like... I did this for myself. I do this for myself once a month where yep. I look at where I'm at financially on mm-hmm. a spreadsheet. You just yep. look up on a, like on Google, you can look up these financial health check spreadsheets. So what I've gone through recently is like basically stress testing your finances um, to help you understand where you're at currently. Uh, and if you're in a mortgage, how many rate rises you're going to be able to handle mm-hmm. and help you figure out what you might consider to solve any of these issues that will come down the line. Mm-hmm. So things I've done recently is like check your bank accounts and figure out how much you've got sitting in savings and um, could the consideration be if you're in a mortgage to put that money in your savings into an offset yep. to, to offset the amount of interest you're mm-hmm. paying on the balance or... Um, a good question that I ask myself is if I lost my job tomorrow how much have I got in savings that will keep me uh, I'll be able to survive for how long like how much will that money keep me afloat for before I have to start looking into other options Um, and then things like if you're on a loan maybe you could consider checking what loan rate you're on whether you could get a new loan uh, a new loan rate by ringing up your bank or Mm -hmm. negotiating it or figuring out like how many more rate rises will occur for me to approach an unmanageable level of, of repayments where I'm going to be in stress. Yeah. So I just wondered like what what considerations could, could people sort of take from doing a financial health check and mm-hmm. if your repayments, if you're in a loan and your repayments are becoming harder to manage, what, what sort of considerations might someone have? Yeah. So look, there's, there's plenty of options. So the last thing you want to do if you're coming into financial stress or you think something's coming down the pipe is to put your head in the sand. You've really got to get on the front foot. So as you said, the first thing to do is to look at where you spend your current money. Um, so you know, go through your bank statements, go through your credit cards, look for things that are discretionary that you don't really need that you can chop out. Because you know if you can save 100 bucks a week by making your own lunch, um, not driving to work, um, yeah, not going out, yeah, once once a week, going out once a fortnight, um, yeah. There's plenty of ways you can cut back. You know, you might want a new pair of running shoes. Do you actually need a new pair of running shoes? Can you put it off? Um, do you need Do you need those new clothes? Do you have clothes you can sell? Like plenty of people have got stuff that they don't actually need. Is there a couple of grand's worth of stuff you've got that you don't actually need that you can offload to improve your cash flow? The other thing is, you know, if you're in a job where you can earn more money, um, see whether you can do that. You know, cause you can get some extra cash coming in, that, that's really, really good. Um, if you've got spare rooms, rent out a room, those sorts of things. Um, if you're in a loan and you've got spare cash, its best place is either in your offset account, offsetting the interest, or in your loan as an extra repayment, which you can draw out later if you want. So um, you mentioned about ringing your bank. Um, One of our clients um, rang us the other day about the rate she's on, and I was in the car at the time, um, not driving, but said to her, look, ring ring your bank and just see what they can do. So she rang them 
and Abracadabra, they dropped her rate by 0.5 to keep her because she mentioned the magic words, I've been talking to my broker. So when you say, I've been talking to a broker, the banks listen. Um, A bit like when you're saying to your partner, I'm leaving, they all of a sudden start listening. Um, Because a lot of the banks realise, you know, I think some of the stats we saw two weeks ago, that the average existing borrower pays 0.94% higher interest or around that than a new customer um, with the big four and about 0.85 with the other banks. So the banks have plenty of margin. Um, They're making plenty of margin out of existing customers and they're willing to give some of that away to keep, keep you. So use that to your advantage. But it all starts with where you spend your money. And I can't, I'm not sure whose quote it was, was that um, it doesn't matter how much you make, it matters how much you keep. And that's the thing. Whether you, We've got clients whose household income is half a million dollars and they've got hardly any money in the bank because they just spend too much money. Um, we've got other clients who um, earn 100 grand between them but can save because they make different choices. So, yeah, we, we don't tell people how to live. But if you want to, yeah, if you if you feel that you might be in some financial stress coming up, you've got to take responsibility and try and, yeah. And if you need help, sing out, we'll help you mm. if we can. The, the next one we had was um, some statistics from the, Bureau, the Aussie Bureau of Statistics from 2019 to 2020. So they're a couple of years old, but I thought that they would be interesting to share. Um, and once the, the census data gets released on these stats, we'll update them, but... According to those stats, one in five Aussie households, so that accounts for 2.02 million people, own a property besides the one they're residing in. So this is people that own an investment property or a holiday home. So by the stats, of the people that own more than one property, 67.5% own one, uh, 20% own two, 7.7% own three, and 4.3% of those that own investment properties own four or more. So of the, the people that own four or more properties, there's only 87,000 Aussies that do that. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to first home buyers, there were 40, 420,000 first home buyers as of 2019 and 2020. Mm-hmm. 92% owned their home with a mortgage. Uh, 61% were in a household with a reference person aged under 35. Um, 69% were either couples with dependent children or just a couple. And 17% of the dwellings were, were new houses. So uh, a lot of the houses that were bought by first home buyers were existing houses rather than housing that's just come onto the market. Um, I just wondered, like, made, maybe just, like, comments you had generally about the stats. I'm not really sure. Like, it's more so just interesting stats to know. But 87,000 sounds like a lot of people, but maybe in the scheme of the population, that's not a ton. million, it's not. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, look... Um, some people realise that working and either ending up on a pension or with just your super is not going to be enough. So what they have decided to do is buy an investment property. Um, 1.36 million would be about 5% of the population, I think, roughly. So it's not a lot. Um, you know, we've talked about how the government um, can't provide all of the accommodation for people, like social housing you know, it's about 5% of the rental stock is provided by government. The other mm. 95% is um, provided by, yeah, investors. 
a lot of them are just mums and dads who decided that they're going they're, they're going to do that. Um, the stats around first home buyers, a lot of the time they go up and down depending upon what's around, um, like schemes like first home loan deposit schemes, um, your home builder and, and those sorts of things. And as you said, the stat the stats are a, a, a bit a bit older, but yeah, you know, generally people do purchase a first home buyers do purchase an established home as opposed to building or buying a townhouse or an apartment. But what we're sort of seeing now is the relativity between house prices and apartment prices is quite high. So I think you'll find that if you look at these stats, say next year, the percentage who buy a flatter apartment would be increasing because yeah. it's about affordability and, and there'll be more people. You know, Now, a lot of people ran away from apartments during COVID because they didn't want to get locked down in a building um, you know, you could only have, you might have been on the 17th floor and you could only have two people in a lift. Um, so, you know, if you're on the fifth floor, each lift comes down with two people in it and you can't get in it. So you've got to take the stairs, which is good if you're on a health kick. But if you're, if you're, um, if you've got issues with your hips or your feet or you're a bit, a bit of a lard, bit of a lard ass, you know, you mightn't be able to do that. So a lot of people thought, okay, we're going to, we're going to, um, we're going to buy a house so yeah so look you know the, the stats will change and all that sort of thing but yeah the reality is um around a third of the population will always rent and the do-gooders who think oh let's get rid of investors because that'll free up housing stock it's not going to change anything because the people whereas there might be more stock available which might temper prices a little bit um there's still a third of people that will never be able to buy a house mm -hmm. because if they don't have the income, um, they spend too much money or don't have the equity. Yeah. So, and that that's sad, but that's just the reality, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Um, last thing I had was sort of maybe, I wanted to, a lot of people, including myself, had an idea that when it comes to home loan products, there's an offer within a loan called an offset and there's also another option in a loan called a redraw facility. And I, for a long time, didn't really understand the differences and just sort of assumed they were pretty much interchangeable. There was a, a, a write-up that we read uh, this week talking about how offsets might act, offset accounts and the use of them might actually be costing you more money than it is saving you money when often they're touted as being a great option for offsetting and saving money on your loan. Yep. So the stats seem to be that a record amount of $228 billion uh, has been like stashed in total hmm. by residential property owners in offset accounts. And it sort of works by, just say you have a 500 grand loan and you store, you store all of your like savings in the offset you're getting charged interest based on, let's say you've got 50 grand in an offset, you're getting charged interest on 450 grand rather than the loan balance being 500. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of how an offset would be set up for some people and it means your interest costs are charged on the, the balance minus the yeah. offset figure. Yeah. But um, this write-up that this guy did in the Fed Review is talking about that 
uh, often when you get an offset account, it comes as a part of a package deal in a loan where you get an offset, you get a credit card linked to the accounts, you get a debit card and a savings account with all mm -hmm. of these extra maintenance and admin fees. Mm. And depending on who you are, a basic loan might actually be a better option based on all the different fees that you're, you're having to cost out uh, for a, an offset. But I wondered, can you sort of chat about why redraws aren't always the best option and obviously it's it's an individual thing based yeah. on your circumstances but maybe talk about that and then if you can give us a breakdown of what an offset is and the difference from that and a, a redraw account like a redraw facility being a part of an, a loan mm -hmm. yeah so so yeah as you said there's two two main types of variable loans there's um the a loan with an offset account and there's a loan with extra payments and redraw. So with, with an offset account, you normally pay um, a fee and it might be eight bucks a month or it might be $395 a year to have an offset account. And your the offset account is a savings account attached to your loan. So if your loan is 400 grand and you have um, 20 grand sitting in the offset account, you're getting charged interest on 380. So um, it nets off. Whereas if and you when you um, when you need access to that money, you just take it out of the, take it out like it's a savings account, no problem. Um, the other one is extra payments and redraw, so they're mainly basic loans with no fees, you know, no annual fees and that, those sorts of things. And you can pay, you can make extra repayments into the loan, and then take those extra repayments out if you want. So you have to physically do something. You normally have got to go on the internet transfer the money from the loan to your bank account and then take the money out mm. whereas with the offset it's just like going to the ATM and that sort of thing so the main consideration I think is how much money will you have in offset um, so just say your variable rate is three and a half percent if you've got 10 grand in offset it's saving you $350 a year mm. so if your fee for that offset account is three ninety five, you might think that's not it's it's not cost effective for me. So there's there's other things you can do if you're if you're buying a property that you think you might rent out later, offset accounts can be useful, but that's more sophisticated strategic advice which we can give people yeah. rather than just sort of general advice which we give here. But um, yeah, what what we've got to do is. Um, yeah, think about what's the best for you. Um, some banks, if you, uh, with your borrowing capacity, you will get greater borrowing capacity if you have um, a basic loan because of the way banks do assessments. So yeah, there's, it's, there's, there's no one rule and it just depends, um, yeah, depends on what you're looking for. That's right. Well, um there were a few things you wanted to talk about before we got out of here, right? With the we've already talked about the RBA, but maybe we can talk about some of the banks that are uh, amidst the the rate rises from the RBA. There's there's banks that are dropping some of their rates. Yeah. Now we we mentioned this before that there's a fair margin between what the banks um, get from their existing customers as opposed to their new customers, and that's where they make their money. And we've, you know, Josh Frydenberg called it the loyalty tax and 
you know, for, for me, um, it's a bit, and we talked about this, I think, a couple of weeks back, it's like relationships. Some people are in relationships that they're not happy in because it's just easier and, you know, the grass, they don't know if the grass is greener and they just couldn't be bothered. Um, and banks are like that, insurance companies, um, utilities, you know, lots of gyms, you know, lots of those things. People are just comfortable and they they may not know how much more they're paying, but I think it's becoming a bit more um, in your face now because, you know, every second story is about the collapsing property market and, um, yeah, you've got you know, all, the, all this stuff happening. So the thing is, um, in the last month, probably about six or seven banks have dropped their variable interest rates, not by much, but they've dropped them. While the RBA is putting up interest rates, they're dropping their variable rates, which tells you tells me, um, and we the thing I look at is banks turnaround times. Three four months ago, or maybe six months ago, the banks turnaround times were five to twenty business days, which means they've got a lot of volume. Yeah, plus they had staff off with COVID and that sort of thing. Now banks turnaround times are between one and four days, so there's not much volume coming through. Now, what what to cut? What does business do when they're not getting much volume coming through? They drop their prices. So, to your bank has probably dropped its price for new customers. So you've almost got to get yeah. Just like you, if you say to your partner, "I'm leaving," because you're sick and tired of some of their behaviours. For a while, your partner will probably smarten themselves up because they don't want you to leave. And banks are no different. They will smarten themselves up to keep you, but over the course of time, they'll start treating you like an existing customer again. So every couple of years, just like you might with your partner, you've got to, because it's a relationship, you've got to do the same thing with your bank. So that's that's the thing. Banks are dropping rates. Um, if you haven't heard from your bank in a while, um, yeah, banks don't ring people up and say, hi, hi Merv. Um, You've been a great customer. We'd like to give you a discount. Um, yeah, they just let you wither on the vine and keep paying the money. So yeah, don't do that. And was there? I feel like you had one or two more. Yeah, there. a couple. I'm just just wanted to have a look at some things. So one of the things that came out um, at the end of August um, is the Core Logic property um, changes in dwelling values. And I just thought yeah, you know, there were some interesting things there around the month um, reductions in prices. So in Sydney, um, for the quarter to 31 August, so that's um, June, July, August, the three months, um, the median price of property um, houses down 5.9%, which you go, wow, okay, times that by four, that's 23.6%. That's quite a fair whack. But the monthly decline in August was 2.3. Times that by 12, that's quite a big correction. Um, Melbourne similarly down 1.2% in August. Brisbane down 1.8%. Now, everybody, I was saying to clients six months ago, um, be careful if you're looking to buy in Brisbane because it was a bit like... Um, and boys will understand this, for, for the ladies in the audience probably not. Um, when you're at school and you're playing football or a ball game and someone trips over on the ball, when there's boys around, all the boys, boys just pile up on top of them. 
and you laugh. The boys think it's funny and the girls think it's probably not. But that what that's what was happening in Brisbane. Everyone was piling into Brisbane because every person you spoke to said Brisbane's a property hotspot. Now, the people we refer people to weren't buying in Brisbane because they they were buying there a year or two ago before it became a hotspot. So at the moment with Brisbane, um, there's not a lot of, there's prices are correcting there. Um, I think because of this stupid land tax thing that they're doing, whereas, you know, some of the property buyers agents we, we deal with, like Arjun um, from Investor Kit said that his land tax bill is going to go up from two grand to about 25. So what's he going to do? He'll put up his rents. So it just cause more rental stress. Um, you know, because you've got some loonies in the government that think the solution to everything is to build up investors. Whereas um, what they do is they do that. They light a fire somewhere else so it doesn't come back to show that they've, they've been asleep at the wheel by not allowing supply. So um, like Adelaide down 0.1%, Hobart down 1.7%. Um, so yeah, there's just <clears throat> you just need to be aware of what's happening. And if you're looking to buy, um, just be aware of what's happening where you're looking to buy. And as yeah. we've sort of said, there's 15,432 suburbs in Australia. If you want to buy a property, there's plenty of places to look um, to either you know, rent, rent vest or, or live in. Yeah, I was talking about new loan commitments. They're down 8.5% in July um, after a 4.4% fall in June. So, yeah, you've got a 10 to 12% fall in loans, which means banks are hungry for your business. So use that use that to your advantage. And the, the last one I was just going to mention, and this was something that John McGrath, you know, who's a bit of a real estate legend in Australia, um, did an article on, and that's about using a broker. And it's about, you know, Brokers provide mainly a free service, um, give you plenty of options. Um, you know, when we do borrowing capacities for people, sometimes the borrowing capacity difference between banks can be 150 to 200 grand. So if you've gone in to see your bank and they've said, yeah, sorry, um, sorry Martha and John, um, you can't get that loan, that's just based on their, how they've assessed you. A, another bank might assess you differently. Um, with brokers, we've got separate lenders. If you've got a couple of properties, you might want to have your loans with different banks so they're not tied together. Um, if you if you have a NAB home loan and you go to your NAB person and say, um, I would like to buy an investment property, they're most likely going to tie your properties together. Now, sometimes it's the thing to do, mm. sometimes it's not. Um, and also with with brokers, we've you know we we're forever reviewing people's loans. So, you know, we've got some clients who've been with a um, with a bank for quite a while, and they're on four point about six percent for their investment loan. And I just asked the bank what you could do, and within two hours it was three point nine nine. So that'll save those clients about three grand a year, just for five minutes work. Mm. But your broker has more chance of getting a better result than you do because um, banks realise that we know the games that they play yeah. So and how, and how the system works. That's the thing. So, look, you can do it yourself. Um, try to be a new customer. Um, yeah, there's no, sm there's no better way of smartening up your partner who's not pulling their weight by basically getting your bag and saying, I'm out. Mm. They'll smart themselves up and banks are no different. 
So say to the bank, I'm getting the suitcase out and I'm starting to pack, um, what can you do? So just, just keep that in mind. It's a relationship like everything else. Same with your utility company, um, your insurance company, um, your gym, everything you, you spend money on, um, which is like mainly a discretionary thing, you will find that there is a better deal if you, if you just ask. So um, yeah, that, that was all I had. Easy. Well, um, like always, if people want to get in touch with us, we got the Facebook page, Money Saver Home Loans. We've got a website, moneysaverhomeloans.com.au. There's a link in the description for our Instagram handles and any other social media. Um, if people want to get in touch to learn more about what we do uh, in the broking space at least and if you're looking to like get a home loan for an investment property or a house you want to go live in or any of that nature like if you want to call us great if you don't all good and um yeah i just encourage you to be proactive get on the front foot don't put your head in the sand um yeah if you're if you're in a loan and your repayments have gone up substantially and you're worried about losing your property or how you're going to cope don't don't stay up at night worrying about it reach out to your bank to, or talk to your broker or if if you don't have a broker ring us up there's plenty of options like if if you're in a 20-year loan and you might be in your mid-30s you can talk to your bank about um, resetting your loan to a longer loan term to reduce your repayments um, you can get a repayment pause or a payment holiday um, they might even let you go interest only for a year or so. There's plenty of options, but don't don't stress. Um, or if you are stressed, reach out for help because there's plenty of help there. Yeah, All right, easy.